Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, folks. This is the Girl Economist coming to you live on this edition of Rogue News in the Morning. We have a very special guest with us today, Tom Luongo. Tom is somebody that I deeply respect. I love his work, his analysis. It's refreshing. He's one of my favorite contrarians. He's a guy who gets it. First time I heard about Tom was probably a couple of years back. And I said, you know what? This guy gets it. He, he has. I love his analysis. And lo and behold, many years later, we are finally together on a broadcast. So I'm very excited to have Tom on. For those of you that do not know, Tom's a former research chemist. He's an amateur dairy goat farmer, hence his website, mm-hmm. Gold, Goats, and Guns. Uh, he's an anarcho libertarian, um, obstreperous uh, ob- Austrian economist. Obstreperous, sir. Yes. That's a tongue twister <laughs> right there. See that fast like 10 Sorry. times. I know it's all good. <laughs> Austrian economist whose uh, work can be found on sites like Zero Hedge, uh, LewRockwell.com, Bitcoin Magazine, and Newsmax Media. Um, he's also even ran for uh, for 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 uh, I think the uh, a con- congressional seat in Florida, uh, Florida State House, Florida State House. Exactly. Mm-hmm. There you go. So Tom, thank you so much for being on. There's lots going on, man. I don't know where you wanted to. It's it's like we're watching the world burn. Which ember do you want to focus on? <laughs> well, it's funny. Uh, the, and, and thank you guys so much for the invite. Uh, and I know that Matt Eret had a hand in getting this together. And yeah. a big shout out to Matt for for doing this. Um, I just got finished like 20 minutes ago writing up a big post for my patrons. Uh, you know, I, I do pi- private posts for them. I call them the morning munchings, kind of like Bill Blaine's morning porridge, right? And they're, they're usually like single issue. Well, this morning I was like, I'm just putting up a picture of a Mobius strip and going, we got too many loose ends to like, I'm just going to go around the world. And I was going to talk about the headlines and what I think everything yeah. means. And it's crazy um, the rate at which this stuff is accelerating. And uh, it's crazy. That's all I got to say. So I don't care where yeah. we start. Well, I'll leave it up to you, man. I mean, there's uh, the whole Turkey situation with Ukraine. Uh, we had uh, the empire of uh, we had exceptional status. Uh, Pepe Escobar, so fittingly calls it, uh, you know, mm. linked terror group setting off bombs uh, in Ankara. Um, right. right when the Russians were meeting with the Ukrainians and discussing not only nuclear, uh, you know, stepping back from the n- nuclear annihilation, but also. Mm. You know, obviously, you know, trying to wind down and find an exit ramp for this whole Ukraine mess. Uh, we have the situation, the contagion with the financial markets. You know, before we went live, we talked about you were talking about Powell. And nobody was expecting it. You have Sam, a scam bankman fraud, who is no one's like arrested it. him. 
Yep. Scam banks. He's in the Bahamas somewhere. He's he's tweeting away live, Tom. He's tweeting away live. No one's touching him. Where do you want to start, man? I mean, there's there's, so, there's a lot what of fun I'm gonna start is What I'm going to start is this. Uh, my, my partner, Dexter White, and I put out a podcast the other day. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to it or read the article that he wrote in support of it, trying to understand exactly what FTX is and was mm -hmm. and kind of is in the process. I think you and I were chatting just before we went live that, you know, there's still aftershocks of this thing happening. My personal opinion on this, and, and I think Dexter's uh, analysis is correct, is that I don't think FTX is malfeasance which now even the Enron auditors are looking at going, I've never seen anything like it. Going, right. that's not a bug, dude. That's a feature. Like, I don't see, none of, none of what we're seeing around anymore, I don't think any of this stuff is incompetence. I think they want us to believe these people are incompetent while they Correct. intentionally burn the system to the ground or at least burn their portion of it to the ground in order to get what they, they think they want out of it. Now, you know, um, for the last... 18 months I've been banging my shoe on the table like Khrushchev going, look, Powell is stealth tightening. He's doing it. You can see it. It's right here in front of you. And when you do the entire analysis of what the, the World Economic Forum and all the Euro commies want and the incentives of the guys on Wall Street, which I know you're far closer to than I am, um, know that th there's no way that these two reckon these two groups reconcile the, the current uh, the current trajectory of Western political policy yeah. and, and then monetary policy and everything else. So we're, we're definitely at a crossroads where I think the fed is at odds with, you know, what I like to call Davos and that's having aftershocks and reverberations all around the entire geopolitical space. And, uh, and it, and you can just, every time I see, it happened every time I see another data point, all I only see the same. I, I'm not even my confirmation bias at this point. Rarely do I see a piece of data that tells me, oh, I, I'm not, I may be wrong. And it's always, it's, it's always in service of this, be it the UN and the ICC coming out and saying last week that Russia has to pay reparations, war reparations, which is the same playbook they ran after World War I. Uh, if I see the UN coming out and saying we need the Fed needs to stop raising interest rates because, oh, my God, the poor people like, excuse me, it's the <laughs> rich people that have no, you know, I'm getting the freaking vapors over here about about the poor people again. Stop wrapping yourself in the moral high ground. This is all about very, very old, rich European money being drained bodily by the Fed by the hour. And I firmly believe that I think it was the Fed and along with CZ Binance in China who don't want to trade, who don't want to trade war on the eve of the G20 and on election night, they blew up FTX. Yep. yep. Uh, to me, it's the only thing that makes sense. I mean, on over the weekend, I was like, maybe, maybe not. They might have just yep. been blowing it up in order to like cover their tracks. Mm. Not anymore. Not, no, you know, not anymore. I think this is just everything I'm seeing in the fallout here is telling me that there's the adults are starting to take control of the room. And, yeah, yeah, and, and and I'm glad it's like you and you and I have been like talking about. Hey, you know what? Some of those data points that you I know you've seen this and I've seen this myself, and this is how we both come together and agree on it. There's a there is a there is an internal financial war that people are not aware of. This is real, yes. and I can tell you, this is why I've been told. Hey, we're going after BlackRock come the fall. Watch what happens to BlackRock. You see, his BlackRock is taken. You seen the ESG pushback? Yes, there. This is real. You know, and some people, oh, that sounds like some sort of Q stuff. No, this not forget Q. This is not about good guys and bad guys. This is about interest. Yes. This is about interest. And yes. just in the last seven days, Tom, we've had Genesis Lending bomb gone out. Blockfi, mm -hmm. Gemini or uh, Gemini's gone. 
three ACs gone, FTC gone, Alameda Research is gone, yeah. um, uh, uh, BlockFi Hong Kong gone. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Genesis uh, Genesis Block in Hong Kong, they're gone as well. It's incredible to see this, and a lot of these guys are what they're DCG linked, and the DCG group which is, is the Hydra, is the it's the uh, the 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 tentacle, the the octopus behind a lot of the uh, U.S. based crypto uh, ventures. I mean, Coinbase is owned by DCG Group. Kraken owned by DCG Group. They're investors right. in, in in Fireblocks. They're majority shareholders in in uh, in uh, BitGo. They're, I mean, so on and so forth. And a lot of their stuff is getting attacked and blown up, which is interesting because they're all linked with BlackRock. Yeah, and and that's cool. And that's 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 color that I hadn't hadn't thought of. Right, I hadn't gone I hadn't gone that down that rabbit hole, which is great that you put that in there. And I'm just going to throw something else at you. You know, a year ago, Powell came out and said, look, I don't have any problem with Bitcoin, but I do have a problem with stable coins. Mm. Right. So, you know, when you think about it, why would he have a problem with stable coins? Well, because they're the they're fake dollars. They're more right. offshore dollars. You know, stable coins are nothing but euro dollars. For all intents and purposes. Yes. I mean, they really are. Right. They're un- and worse than regular euro dollars. They're completely unregulated. Yes. You know, they're not even balances sitting on regulated European banks or Hong Kong banks or anything else, you know, or even <laughs> Cayman Islands banks. But you know, the idea of a regulated Cayman Island bank is really kind of an oxymoron. Um, <laughs> so but think of it in those terms. It was just another means by which to lever up offshore dollars. And now you could do it with magic beans. You know, these fake yeah. tokens is used as collateral to lever up these these things to, to multi-billion dollar industries. So it was yet another way to lever up the offshore dollar markets, knowing full well that the euro dollar system in Europe is completely dead, right? It's completely, you know, on its, and they knew they were on their last legs because they could see what was coming, which is that we're looking to the end of LIBOR. Yeah. Um, and SOFR is going to be the law of the land. It is the law of the land. And it's going to draw, and it's going to drive um, a, uh, you know, a drying up of liquidity in the, in the LIBOR markets. So now you need to have another money laundering operation. You have to have another shadow banking system. So why wouldn't Powell's be um, hostile to stable coins? Because they're all just dollar sub. They're all just fake dollar substitutes. One hundred percent. Yeah. Right. And so it was interesting to me. I, I wasn't really following this very closely because honestly, crypto to me has just been like whatever. It's not the story. The story is in Ukraine. The story is in yes. the elections. The story is in the Fed versus Davos. It's in all of this stuff. But I hadn't really thought of the crypto angle on this until it finally dawned on me when someone, um, when Daniel DiMartino Booth retweeted out a tweet by somebody else who went, who said, oh, by the way, here's the latest Tether quarterly report. Notice that Tether's balance sheet, when you strip out all the, is 30, their leverage is 35 to one. And Daniel mm. DiMartino Booth says, yeah, maybe we should really get serious about rethinking this whole leverage loan market. Now she's been bang- Now she's been saying this for weeks now that she thinks Powell is directly trying to do a controlled demolition of the leverage loan market. What she won't say is that it's the offshore dollar, you know, leverage loan market in, in U.S. Right? Because she can't say that. Because if she does say that, she'll lose access to the Fed. Let's right. not kid ourselves. Right. right. So from my perspective, it was very clear. So I just kept filling in, telling everybody, look, listen to Danielle and then add the, the, the word offshore to her entire thing <laughs> and it all fits. So, again, this is all about collapsing the euro dollar system. And we are set up in the United States to break away from the, the, the city of London and 
um, and the European Union, Hong Kong, all of that. And we will be the dollars, uh, the, the domestic lending platforms in the United States will be independent for the first time, literally in their history. Wow. Yeah. Of European control and European mm. liquidity. Mm. which is something that's never been the case. And the more I think it through, the more it's very obvious to me that this is finally the end of the American Revolution. No wonder they're desperately trying to hold on to political control in Washington, D.C. and why they stole the midterms. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It makes perfect sense when you start mapping everybody's incentives and everybody's interests. So it's like it's it's all it's all a big circle jerk at that. Yeah. So. Tower of Basel. I like that, Harry. Tower of Basel. That's right. Nice. Uh, I like that. <clears throat> Tom, if you want to war game this out for us, um, sure. We have the the situation that happened with the elections, and um, and we all know what happened. Mm. Um, and one of the things we, you know, you said this over here on Road. We said the same thing. If they did it in 2020, they're going to keep doing it. Mm. How is our side going to put an end to this? scam mm. you, you know and, and one of the things question, i've said dude. yeah it's like because I, I was like do we have to out scam them because my thing is like let's forget about the rallies let's go to to the nursing homes start getting signatures <laughs> sundance over at conservative treehouse said it best right after the election he said the democrats focused on putting ballots into the ballot boxes and the republicans focused on getting votes and yeah. votes don't necessarily turn into ballots cast Correct. It's so simple. Now, right. I think that we have a mix. We have a mix in this election, unlike 2020, which was an egregious steal. I think the what's happening in like Maricopa County and, and Pennsylvania, those I think are real. Honest to God, that's where the hotbed of a lot of the maybe even Michigan. But the the reality is is that they didn't fix any of the COVID in the the COVID things that were put in place to make voting easier. And then they just went out there, mailed out all the ballots, and then collected them from low information, stupid millennials and Zoomers right. who vote with their hearts and not with their heads. They're getting screwed by the system. They don't have any money in the system. They don't have families. They don't have children to protect. They don't. They don't. They have no idea. They're twerking their. They're, they're twerking their, their butts on TikTok for Christ's sake and ball sacks. Well, what do they care? And they're swiping right. left and right on Tinder. What do they care at this point about? You know, sexualizing eight-year-olds. They're not parents yet. They're not outraged about this yet. And I hate to say this, and I hate to put it in those bald-faced terms, but I'm like, come on, millennials, fight me on this and tell me that I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. I sit here and I live just north of one of the most liberal cities in Florida. I game every Wednesday night with a bunch of with, with with a bunch of gay guys, frankly, and they're all like up in arms that DeSantis won by twenty and think that they're going to get beaten in the streets. I'm like, no, they're only you only get beaten in the streets if you go to the east side of town over by Lincoln High School because you're white. Right. Not because you're gay. Exactly. It's because you're well-groomed and you look like you have money. Yes. It has nothing to do with the fact that you're gay. Right. The rednecks are like, the rednecks who go over to, to go to Sunny's to go get ribs. They're just like, yeah, they may look at you sideways, but they're not going to like, you know, roll you in the parking lot. They're just going to go, they're just going to take their kids and go home after yeah. dinner's over. Like, come on. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Tom, you and I both seen the structure and I, I know you've seen the, the, the whole structure of FTX. Mm-hmm. 70-some-odd companies, probably north of 100-some-odd companies that we possibly know of, right? Clearly not something set up by a 28-year-old kid fresh out of college. Mm-hmm. Not set up by somebody Clearly. who's a vegan. Yeah, I can go, go get, what, dude, you, you mean you can't go get billions of dollars in free credit? 
What's wrong with you? Didn't you run? Didn't you like you know go to Credit Karma and get your car, your credit score up to seven eighty or eight hundred so you can go get billions of dollars to go run a crypto scam? What's wrong with you? Oh, obviously you've got gray in your beard. You're too old. You're too old for that. You're yeah. just not smart enough. You know, you know so shut up, boomer. <laughs> it's ridiculous. No, I mean seriously. Obviously, this guy was crazy. He's just Elizabeth Holmes two point oh. Oh, one hundred percent. I said the same. This is Theranos. We're witnessing Theranos. Yeah. It, the front end is Theranos. The back end is Enron. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, yeah. and the same thing. You know, Sam Bankster fraud got money from the you know from legitimate people to give him gravitas. And then he was pumped up on all the you know, Bubble Vision and Bloomberg and all the rest of it. No different than than Elizabeth uh, uh, Holmes and Theranos going and getting George Schultz and James Mattis and all these other deep state guys, you know, to lend her credence, put her on the board of Theranos, give them some, give them some money, pay them off. And the thing is, like, you know this as well as I do. What leverage giveth you on the way up takes away twice as fast on the way down, right? Amen. <laughs> so um all you had to do if you're the if you're the Fed, if you're JP Morgan, if you're Goldman and the rest of them, and you're looking at this thing, and you're the trad finance guys, right? You're the guys with the white collars and the and the blue striped shirts, and you look up from you know sniffing cocaine off of a Ukrainian hooker's ass, right? Oh, yeah. Like, and you go, whoa, why are they making all the money? Yeah. How are these guys making all the money? Why aren't we making the money? And you, you don't think that they couldn't come up with a way of destroying crypto and then stealing and hoovering up all the cash? Mm. Of course they did. This is all FTX is. It's a Ponzi hoover. Right. Right. All it is. It's just, I'm going to be the biggest Ponzi scheme in crypto and I'm going to hoover up all the small ones. No different than the Federal Reserve being the biggest Ponzi scheme in all of central banking. Yeah. Pulling back hard on liquidity and hoovering up all of the smaller Ponzi schemes of the smaller central banks. So yeah. eventually the ECB will even be subsumed by this, but it's going to break a lot of people in the in the long run. And they have to do it if they want if they want commercial banking to survive in any form. Mm. And I think that, you know, if you listen to the guys on Wall Street, if you listen, to, I, want, I watched something recently with like Diamond and some of the other, you know, CEOs on on the big ones, not the not all the Davos. You're talking about when they were getting grilled on the energy stuff? No, no, not, not even the really this uh, this Rashida Tlaib video. Not yeah. even that. Though Diamond with the power hands was hilarious. I, was, I, I loved it. Like, that would be a road uh, to hell for America. Right? No, I'm talking about, I saw something recently. They were like, you know, at a, a symposium in New York or something. You know, they were doing the, the glad handing thing and they were just talking. And they were all talking about the same thing, which is that we have to get back to having the commercial banks that risk, do the risk assessment in order to, in, in investment as opposed to the central bank doing it. And, yeah. you know, there was a representative from the Fed there as well nodding his head. So mm. it's clear that they understand that we live in the central bank dominated markets. And I don't think they actually want it anymore because it's not, it doesn't work to their advantage. They've already hoovered up all, all of our money. Now we've got to, they've got to like, if they're going to extend their, their current, their current big, you know, skimming scam. Yeah. yeah. Obviously they have to not allow Klaus Schwab and company to destroy everything about commercial banking. They need to put their flag in the ground, you know, say no moss, this is it. Blow up Europe, blow up the old European money. We're just trying to get out from underneath all of their insolvency Correct. and destroy the United States in the process and destroy the Fed in the process. And I think New York has the power to do so now because we've got our own debt indexing rate. The LIBOR is nearly dead. And now yes. we can get back to now we can get back to, you know, rebuilding, you know, America 
in some way, it's going to take a long time. It's going to be painful. It's going to be a horrible depression and all the rest of it. But we have to clean up the corruption on, on, on Capitol Hill. And the only way to do that is to force them into fiscal restraint. The thing about why they had to, why Davos had to steal the election was to get back, get us back onto spending again. Because sure. they, they torpedoed Build Back Better. They torpedoed the, the infrastructure bill. Right. While yeah. those guys, while those bills got passed in, in small form, they were all kind of pa- classic passive in, um, um, stimulus, meaning you could apply for the stimulus after you you can apply for the tax break after you spent the money. It wasn't just the government sending out six trillion dollars in UBI. Right. They, which is what the CARES Act was. So that was for that's what forced the Fed to monetize you know, trillions of dollars onto its balance sheet. That was blackmail. And so was Build Back Better. Build Back Better was absolutely blackmail from that perspective, from fiscal blackmail. So once you once you parse these things that way, it's clear that all you've got to do now is hold Congress in abeyance, right, and force them onto a uh, fiscally conservative path. Well, that was the whole point of getting a red wave, which would set up a return. A, you know, here's. Powell's clearly, you know, turned himself both into Arthur Burns and Paul Volcker. And then all you needed was a Ronald Reagan to step forward and say, yep, it's going to suck, but we're Americans and we're strong and we can do this, but we're going to pull back on the empire. We're going to do all this stuff. We're going to clean up Washington, D.C. We're going to get rid of, we're going to get rid of all the wasteful spending. We're going to collapse the offshore dollar markets. We're going to do all this stuff and we're going to bring America back for America and recapitalize it, which mm-hmm. is going to be difficult. There's no argument. It's going to be the hardest thing you've ever seen anybody try and do. <clears throat> But it's possible. So yes. they, of course, they had to steal the election in order to stop that. This is why we're seeing capital markets today and over the last two weeks disgorge all the dollars they were hoarding yeah, and just want to risk off, you know, cocaine-induced frenzy to buy all, all the things. So they're yeah. buying both bonds and stocks and commodities and gold and this and that. And the only thing they're selling is Bitcoin because, um, because of the crypto mess. Mm-hmm. So that's where we are, but I don't think that'll last. I don't know about you, but do you th- see this lasting? Do you see no. the guard, the ECB being able to outlast Jerome Powell here? No, no way. Not never, not never, not ever. <laughs> and I, I think, uh, I, I mean, I'm looking at the market data right now. I think um, I've been calling it for, oh, since summer of, since June. I mean, like, look, th- we're going to go through a rough patch, fall through the winter. Now let's hear. We actually, I, we actually called the 16,000 Bitcoin while we were here. 16 sure. to 18,000. Um, I think come uh, January, I always said this, come January, watch what happens, right? It's going to start, it's going to start turning. It's going to start mm-hmm. turning quick and people are going to be like, oh, wow, what the hell's going on? Um, my only concern was the cheating that's been happening with elections, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, how mm-hmm. that's going to get fixed is going to be interesting. And now, but isn't it amazing just, just yesterday or last night, yesterday evening when you had members of Congress coming out saying, um, they're going to investigate Joe Biden, naming him specifically, linking him to specific crimes with specific yeah. 250 companies that they're looking at, and it's incredible. I mean, very and specific. They're doing it, and they're doing it with a one-seat majority or two-seat majority in the House. Yeah, I think the I think the answer to and I think that's your prima facie evidence that there's more to come here. That the reason yeah. I, you know when I when when the pushback that I've gotten, and it's good pushback, I don't, I'm not complaining here. Uh, it's reasonable pushback. This is what you should, this is the follow-up question to me saying, I think that FTX was a Ponzi Hoover in order to create, 
you know, massive amounts of offshore liquidity, and the Fed just blew it up because they had to blow it up if they wanted to, to, to defend their policy, their, their high interest rate policy. Well, then the question, of course, is why did you wait until election day to do it and not blow this up before election day in order to stop the cheating? And I'm like, well, the cheating was already done because all these ballots were cast a month ago and they were right. and they were printed up a month ago. So that's not that doesn't matter. The second thing is. If you want to win in court, you have to have a crime. Yes. If you really right. want to beat these people, then you have to have a crime that you can that is incontrovertible. You have to have the biggest political scandal in American history. In order sure. to get through to these millennials <laughs> and boomers who are can't even believe that they should vote for the Nazi Republicans because, oh, my God, a gay guy might get rolled in a bar in Texas. Oh, my God, oh, the, oh, the humanity. <laughs> you can get through to these freaking morons. And I love some of them because they're my friend, <laughs> but they're still morons. Yeah. And to get through to them, you have to you have to say to them, look at what they did. They manipulated you into yeah. voting for them with your taxpayer money beyond the normal ebb and flow of just buying votes through, you know, through largesse and everything else. Biden's, you know, they, the, the, the Biden administration was clearly bribing Zoomers and millennials with debt, student debt, debt jubilee, which was declared unconstitutional by the, you know, <laughs> by the Supreme Court in the West. And when did John Roberts wake up from, you know, to, to, you know, to do the things that he's doing, right? So it was clearly all just these tactics all the way down the line. So look, it's not about trannies, guys. It's about power. It's about right. using your humanity and your desire for some kind of shared purpose in our public policy against you in the most egregious way imaginable. Now, here's yeah. the big, big question. Are you going to be, are, are they going to see that? Or are they going to react violently against it because they were all all Bernie? They're all Bernie Sanders voters, and they're going to go, "Oh my God, I have to agree with the banksters now because the yep. banksters are the ones that blew up my chance at crypto billions." The, the The danger here is that they actually retreat into pure cultural revolution, brown shirt, you know, destroy all destroy all the old system, and not be convinced by. The fact that, yeah, you should really distrust everybody over the age of 45. Mm -hmm. Right. And this is the this is I don't know where we are in this point. I'm still on the knife edge about this. I think that blowing up FTX like this could be a double edged sword. Right. Mm -hmm. Because it all depends on how it gets messaged and it all depends on what happens on Capitol Hill. <clears throat> yeah. So if there's enough compromat from FTX that the official house and senate numbers actually don't matter then you know did did elon musk between elon musk getting control of twitter and the twitter dm database and yes. ftx did we just all of a sudden get enough compromat to blow up you know the old epstein compromat and that's, all the rest of it it's a good question the, i don't know if, that's don't a know very good question man that's a very good question because uh, today, I don't know if you've noticed, but this morning, uh, all Twitter employees are locked out from the buildings and all key passes have been suspended. Yep. 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 Like, uh, wow. I must tweeted out this morning that Twitter is now running with 50 employees. Yeah. 50. Five zero. 50. Yep. Yeah. And it's running better than it was before. It's incredible. 
And he said he wants to step down from from the board of Tesla because he knows that he has a massive job to rebuild Twitter. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Tom, uh, it's an interesting, this- Musk is such an interesting character, dude. It's, it's, He's he not is. stupid. That's for sure. He oh. is not stupid. Yeah. He's a smart guy. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I'm curious to see where this is going to, how this is going to connect and how, how are things playing out right now that the Europeans are finally realizing that their war against Russia is coming to an end. <laughs> well, I, you know, I don't know that it's coming to an end. Because I think what's going to happen, I, I, I'm still on the fence about this. I mean, this is serious. And I, and I mean this sincerely. The Russians are so angry with the West. They're so angry. And they yes. can see the serious long-term strategy here, which is the following. Kissinger mm-hmm. has been trying to shepherd a, a pipeline coming up from, the Pers- from like Israel through Turkey and through the eastern part of the Black Sea or the western part of the Black Sea and going to Odessa you know damn well that the Russians are not going to allow that to happen. Which is part of the reason why Kissinger went to Davos earlier in the year and said, hey, let's sue for peace before the Russians, basically before the Russians take Odessa. Now, if you look at what's been happening, I do, do I believe that the Russians have the ground power at this point to take Odessa and Nikolaev and take back Kherson? I don't know, okay? There's very credible arguments when you, when you bust through all of the the propaganda on both sides, Ukrainian and Russian, that the Russians are understating their losses and the Ukrainians are overstating their kills and blah, 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 blah. And you just, you go through it all. And it's, I mean, and I'm, and I'm serious when I say this, I would like to believe that the Russians have, and I'll say this for this, for this reason, I think the Russians need to take Odessa. They need to control the Black Sea. They need to be able to stop perfidious Albion from trying to mean us into World War III where they get another false flag operation. Okay. But I don't know that they have the ability to do that. So the next best thing for them is to destroy the infrastructure of Ukraine, turn it into a massive, mass. it is a massive war crime, but at this point, you know, whatever, everybody's guilty of war crimes. And say, look, okay, um, sure, you, NATO, you, you, Zelensky, you want to bring NATO involved here? Get NATO involved? Great. It's going to be a slaughter for everybody. Because how are you going to rebuild the, the basic infrastructure of a country the size of Texas to be able to bring tanks and men and materiel across uh, that territory that you don't technically control because the line of contact is way over here in the east. But, you know, how are you going to bring them in from the west? I know this is backwards, but, you know, um, how are you going to bring them in from the west when you've bombed all the power stations and the refineries and everything else? You know, normally when you know, the army is over here, well, you know, you can resupply logistically. The Russians just bombed out all the logistic resupply routes. It's right. all gone. So right. there's no way NATO could actually carry anything off. And worse than that, okay, imagine you actually do, you know, push the Russians back out of the Donbass. You don't think that the Russians don't know how to fight, you know, between there and Moscow? Like they've been uh-huh. defending that for 2,000 years and they've never, <laughs> it's never <laughs> been conquered. So, yeah, yeah like, what do you want then? Nuclear war? What's your yeah. what's you know what's your what's your end game here? I mean, so, uh, you you have uh, the uh, the idiot apple bomb that lady's thinking that we need to we need to you know stop being fearful and love the bomb, Tom. We need to embrace the bomb. Oh, I know. Yeah. Well, you know, they we're very close to. I mean, dude, I'm serious when I say that. I I it bothers me that we're very close to a Doctor Strange love moment. Who's going to take yeah. on the role of Sterling Hayden? 
And you know, did we have that the other day when they when that Russian when that Ukrainian S three hundred missile somehow landed what 10, 15, 20 feet away from or however long it wasn't very far away from the fertilizer depot in that town in Poland, which is unpronounceable. Gee, I wonder who provided telemetry for that. Hmm. Yeah, I well, it's not even that. Good thing that the telemetry was bad because if they had hit the fertilizer depot, it would have blown up the entire city. Yeah. Now, how does anybody walk away from that in a face-saving manner? How does NATO walk back from that? When with Zelensky out there screaming it was the Russians, with the Brits was, out there screaming it was the it was the Russians. I think they You're screwed that up. That was that was clearly an op. Yeah, of course it was an op. Yeah, but the thing is, but I, I understand that. But my point is, is that thank God mm-hmm. that somebody like got this thing. This thing didn't land where it was supposed to. Yeah. Exactly. Because we were, as one guy, as I saw it on on Telegram, like we were feet away from World War Three. We we were, and the crazy thing is, if it would have hit, like you said, Tom, if it would have hit that fertilizer plant, it would have been a massive explosion, and then we'd have no evidence as to what the munition was that actually caused it. They yes. could literally say, "Oh, look at that! That was a Kinzel. It did that. It was yeah. a. It was a. It was a. Yeah. You know, the bingo. The the caliber did that. Bingo. Yeah." They'd have no evidence. It's but, evil Russia. Thank God. Yeah, no, and you can see, and you can see this up on the whiteboard over at MI6, like mm-hmm. clear as freaking day. Yeah, like I can, see, you know, there they are writing it up. Like, okay, Mr. Bond, this is your, these are, this is your, your operation for the day. Like, this is what you're just supposed to do before lunch today. Right. Like, I can see it's written up on the whiteboard. Yeah. Like, you know, come on. Like that's they already had their media strategy, everything all laid out for this thing. This is only like the ninth friggin' false flag the Brits have tried to pull since March. It's incredible. And the Ukraine, and as my you know, my friend Alex Craner has pointed out, was Alex Craner pointed yeah. out, it's not like there isn't a strategic, effectively strategic partnership or strategic treaty between the Brits, the Poles, and the Ukrainians mm-hmm. circumventing NATO in order to try and get the three use the three of them together in order to try and force NATO into the conflict. You know, and I, and I think at some point after that, everybody kind of took a step back and went, okay, these people are crazy now. Yes. Certified. And I think we're starting to see a little bit of this, but the Russians are so angry with the West that they're not going to believe a thing because we cried wolf so many times over right. ceasefires and negotiated settlements and all this stuff in Syria and in Ukraine over the last eight years, that the Russians aren't going to believe a damn thing until NATO pulls all of its troops and all of its stuff. So the 101st Airborne that's in that's in Poland Romania. and Estonia and, yeah. um, and and Romania, they need to go home. The yep. five aircraft carriers that are currently in European waters, saw this on Sputnik this morning, they need to go home. Right. Like All of this stuff needs to be pulled back. Finland and Sweden need to say, you know what, we don't need to be in NATO. Yeah. All that has to happen at a minimum. That has to happen before the Russians will even show up in Ankara for another round of talks. Meanwhile, yeah. they're going to amass another 150,000 troops to take Kherson and Nikolaev and put pressure on to take Odessa, which is what I think they're, they're setting up to do. I don't think either side is ready for the next phase of the war that's clearly on the table, and that's yep. why we are where we are right now. Maybe I'm yeah. wrong, and if I am, we'll find out in a few few days. If Douglas McGregor's right that the Russians are getting ready to, you know, roll them in eastern Ukraine or in western Ukraine, well, we'll see what happens. I don't yeah. know that he's right or not. Um, yeah. You know, it's fine. So I'm just I'm throwing it out there. You guys figure it out for yourselves. But again, I would 
I, I hate to say this, but if, if I'm a war strategist here, and if I'm a global strategist here, and my goal and my goal as, a, as an analyst, if I'm on the side of I need to break Europe, then the Russians need to take Odessa. Yeah. Okay. Clear as day. They need to take Odessa. And they need to end this thing. Because once Odessa is gone, there is no Ukraine to speak of. It, it turns into <laughs> Albania. It turns it into turns Albania. It Albania. <laughs> where, okay, where does that put uh, Zelensky, man? <laughs> well, Zelensky is clearly um, Klaus von Kami-Schnitzel's little boy. Yeah. Like, you know, every time that guy speaks, you can just see, you know, Klaus's lips moving. It's clear. Yeah that he's a Davos troll trying to meme us 100%. into World War III because they need to collapse the system yeah. in, that, in order to build it back better in their new terms. So yeah. scare the thing that scared me the most this week, though, after all, and not even World War III and nuclear fire and all the rest of it, that didn't scare me as much as the G20 communique after Klaus spoke at the G20 saying we need to have the, we all agree that the WHO, WHO can, um, can set the guidelines for vaccine passports the world over. Sure. Oh yeah. Okay. Fine. Oh, by the way, it's something I didn't know. I didn't know, and I, 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 I want to throw into your, I want to throw into the mix here. If anybody thinks that I'm crazy about any of this stuff, know this: the UN, the United Nations, has a strategic partnership agreement with the World Economic Forum. Correct. Now, strategic partnerships, for those of you who don't know, are one level shy of a treaty. Now, since the World Economic Forum isn't a state and the United Nations isn't a state, they can't get involved in treaties. So strategic partnership is as close a relationship as those two entities can have, period. So if you don't think that the WEF isn't trying to usurp all national governments and replace it with the UN and the, replace all the national central banks with either the IMF or the BIS, since they control both, doesn't really matter. It's not Qtard. We're not in Qtard land. We're not in conspiracy theory land. I don't need my Reynolds heavy duty to make my tinfoil hat. This is reality. You just have to accept the reality as opposed to denying it. Yeah. Absolutely. Here's another take with sure. this uh, WEF thing. One of the things that crossed uh, my eye here, and just I think it started today, Tom. I think they started the 12-day trial for central mm -hmm. bank digital currencies. Yeah. How do you think I'm that's going to play? I'm not worried about wholesale digital currencies yeah. at all. Okay. I know what you're talking about. And, mm -hmm. I, and, and it's funny, you know, I, I, again, one of the things we have to be careful of, okay, is that everything WEF adjacent is not necessarily evil. Sometimes the WEF, like, they take, they glom on to ideas in order to discredit them because they know how discredited they are sure. with their opposition. And so, for example, putting Tulsi Gabbard's picture on the Young Leaders website for years, even though she was invited to one meeting didn't go and told them immediately to take their take her picture down. Correct. Okay. Okay. They do this on purpose because they know that that you know the Spurgs and the autistes of the internet will you know blow that up and then they can use right. they can amplify it with the bots and all the rest of it. Well, it's the same thing with CBDCs. 
CBDCs are dangerous and they're yeah. horrible. And I don't I want and I want nothing to do with them. But at the same time, SWIFT is outmoded, outdated, on lo- going to lose the Bitcoin Lightning Network in the end. I mean, all of this stuff is a payment layer. There are multiple different better ways of doing payments than SWIFT. SWIFT is terrible. It's a bad right. system. It needs to be replaced. Should the interbank market and the intercentral bank market be governed by some kind of di- central bank digital currency? Sure, why not? I don't have any mm-hmm. problem with that. As long as yeah. they don't stuff it down our throats and, and then link a social credit score to it with you know AI-driven um, you know predictive programming, I don't care. What I yeah. care about is the retail level one tied with smart contracts, programmable, the whole nine yards. That's what I'm worried about. As far as the central banks and the commercial banks talking amongst themselves in order to process our payments faster, yeah, please do. Yeah, I mean, the, the, there's, I mean, for years, um, <clears throat> case in point with you know one of our uh, what we do on a, on an institutional level, we're dealing with banks, and banks have created their own uh, their own uh, intranets with. Mm-hmm. So we can have we, we we you know we're we're on that intranet with our counterparty. We can settle our trades real time. And right. real time settlement and super fast, and, and we don't have to use the Fed wire. And sure. so, yeah, I told you, I mean, C- CBDCs for use intrabank, I think it's, it's, it's a great idea. Fast, super mm-hmm. f- settlement. We're not like, oh, I'm sending the wire. Okay, it's, you know, four o'clock, 4 30 Eastern time. It might get there, maybe tomorrow. There by two, two. Blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah, we're not, we're not worried about that anymore. So that, that, that'll be a good thing. And I agree with you. I think the big problem is if they were trying to shove it down our throats. Uh, which would be interesting because a lot of people would reject it. They were like, "Nah," and it yeah, could no. also spur a, a exactly, and will spur a, a, a more um, look into alternative things like crypto or or or, or whatnot. Yeah, but yeah it's, I it's, know. It's, and so mm-hmm. this, it, there's so many different ways that this that this this, this thing fails, and everybody. Anybody who works in the industry, and I don't work in the industry, guys. I'm just some asshole in Florida with a, you know, with a, <laughs> with a mouth and, you know, and a brain to analyze the world. I don't have, you know, I mean, I have patrons who are close to the system, so I get little bon mots here and there, little little bits and, and, and tidbits, and you know. But mostly, I just watch the watch the news and do yeah. the thing and apply, you know, logic and reason and you know those things that you know most millennials are are, are allergic to. And um, I'm very angry with them for like destroying the election process here. Um, if you can't tell, <laughs> so and, I, um, you know, I, I don't know. I might, I might not have come through clear, cleanly enough right now. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's put them and the Brits in a boat together, and then let's, that's it. You know, <laughs> let's see what happens. You know, I'm good, right? So, but it's clear that every time I speak to somebody who is a professional. And is in you know in the you know somewhere close to the the, the business end of this. They really, they look at all this and they go, "This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen." Correct. And yet right. we have we have brown shirts on the ground pushing from a top down revolutionary. You know, let's get control of the top of the power structure and then propagate it through the rest of the power structure. Is sure. their their argument? The problem is, is that you need a bottom up revolution in order to make that work. It won't yes. stick otherwise. If the people don't want it, it won't stick. And the one thing I will say about the millennials is that they really don't believe in anything. So all you really have to do at some point is explain to some of them, enough of them, that look, you're getting screwed by, yes, you're getting screwed by this system, but it's not black and white. There are no white hats here. So I need you to get off, you know, I love Star Wars, but it's a little too black and white for the reality. Like. There's, there are shades of gray here and you have to understand that you're going to have to get yourself, your hands dirty 
watch cheering on people that you would never cheer on, which is they can't get past Donald Trump. Right. Right. They wanted Bernie Sanders to tell everybody that the world was in um, the world was terrible, not Donald Trump to, to tell them the exact same thing. Right. In the same way today, the the Fed and the bankers are going to tell them, look, this is bad. Don't trust us, certainly, but we need to get rid of these guys because geopolitics isn't about who's right and who's wrong. It's not about ideology. It's not about anything else. It's about interest. And right. you got to grow up here and realize that that's the world we live in. And I'm, and I'm screaming at my, my libertarian brethren on this as well. I'm at the point now where I don't even want to talk to most of them because they, most of them can't even begin to function at this level of real politics. Even though they have all the free analysis tools to do the right analysis of the real politic. Like right. it, it's, it's it, I like you're, you have all the tools, use them, yeah. use that brain for something other than, you know, checking out again and reading Atlas Shrugged for the 14th time. Like let's, <laughs> let's, let's get out there and let's change the world guys. We have the tools. Yeah. yeah. And we're not, doing absolutely. It. I was on Peter Canone's show last night and he was, we, we both, you know, he's like, yeah, dude, I'm checking out on them as well. I'm at that point. Yeah, so I think I many mean, people they they get stuck in this binary thinking, you know, mm-hmm. and they get they, look. This is not a Marvel movie, man. There's, there's no Avengers no. versus Hydra here, you know. It, what it is is it's interest, and there's a lot of powerful interests at, at at play. You have like uh, you know, I have a colleague of mine who always quotes Babylon Five. There's a quote there that says, you know, there are giants in the playground, and we're just trying to get up from underfoot, you know. Exactly. And that's what it is. That's yep. exactly giants in the playground. Going. B five yeah. is one of the most one of the most brilliant shows ever written. Yeah, it really is. Absolutely, it really, it truly is. It. It's truly, yeah. truly just brilliant. Um, and um, there's so much to learn there. You know, yeah. we're we're in we are the humans, uh, the League of Non-Aligned Worlds, and the Davos are the shadows. The Fed is the Vorlon. They're fighting amongst themselves, and right now, you know, you might have to you know believe that the Fed needs to beat the shadows right now but when we're done if the vorons aren't terminally injured then we need to fight them it's that kind of that simple but yes we also need to grow up and realize that neither of them are what we need but we're not ready for that yet we're not on the dawn of the third age of mankind yet we're not sure we're we're about a generation or two away i think in the west and i don't think i don't think i'm going to see it I think my I think my daughter's generation is going to begin the process of seeing it. She's sixteen, yeah. And um, I think we're, but I think the reality of all of this is beginning to hit them. And the millennials have a choice here over the course of the next couple of years. I've spoken to a couple of them, and you know they're so suffused with the idea that they can, they can, they, we can win, we can, we can, we can come together and we can win. I mean, I literally had a friend of mine look at me like a year and a half ago and said, dude, COVID was our World War II. Okay. With all, and then he went into like what we should have done to come together to fight it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, you're a big, strong 30-something Scotsman. My God, I would never want to get into a wrestling match with you. And you are as soft as cream cheese on the inside. Right. You have not been tested yet. Or at least right. your generation hasn't been tested. You maybe personally may have been tested, but no, that is not what this is about. No, you have exactly. not seen adversity yet. Adversity is coming. Yes. 
Adversity and if, is you coming. Take, if you take away from COVID that we should have been fighting the disease and not fighting the people who are putting the who are putting this thing in front of us on the table, then you got then you learned the wrong lesson. Yeah, absolutely right. And I tried to tell him that he wasn't listening, so I just said, "Shut up, let's finish playing our." We were playing a board game. Well. <laughs> Love the guy. He's he's a he's a, he's a lovely, open-hearted person. But and I hate to throw him under the bus here because I do adore him, but his he's wrong. And, you know, we also we all have to remember that we're going to have fights with people that we adore and they're going to be wrong. And we have to be willing to allow them to be wrong and then come across to the other side. We're going to have to continue to try and be generous while at the same time, not. But but also setting the boundary that we're not going any further. Sure. And that's a very hard thing to do. And politically, that turns into, you know, our, you know, is is cocaine Mitch going to be thrown out? (laughs) <laughs> uh, on Capitol Hill, or is he going to be finally, you know, properly put positioned? And who we'll see who actually owns him now, and we'll see what he actually does. I don't know. Mm. Very interesting. Question. Tom, with the time remaining, yeah. what is your outlook? I mean, we're, we're nearing the end of this year, twenty twenty three. What do you think is going to look like, politically speaking, economically speaking? Go for it. Well, let's start with the big one. I don't know about what you're seeing, but I think we're about six months away from inflation really raging again. Um, that we had a boom and bust, we had a massive boom bust cycle in commodities, and yes. now we're getting some moderation in inflation simply because of the you know baseline effects, year over year baseline effects mm-hmm. of the bust cycle now you know coming through out of phase with the uh, with the boom bust cycle in industrial commodities. But they're starting to build new bases and they're starting to move higher. I know that the that you know Yellen and company or Davos are trying to bust commodity prices down in order to create a, a new depression, but I don't think that's going to work. I think that's exactly what the Fed has been telling us. I think the Fed goes to a terminal rate of somewhere between six and seven percent. I'm upping my target from six. I used to mm-hmm. say six just to tweak people and see if they would like you know choke on their food, and now it's <laughs> obviously a reality. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, and because of that, you know, economically, it's going to be bad. It's we're we're in, it's not going to get better from here. It's not going to get easier from here. The Fed is clearly tightening up on the old leverage system. Um, and uh, politically, it's going to be a knife fight. I, 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 this could be really the most interesting transition period ever. Yeah. Because this FTX thing, I really do think, has a massive political dimension. That Huge, is yet man. to be, but to yet to be like determined yeah. who's winning. Okay. But I think that. There, there's there's some meat here, so let's watch the next couple of weeks very carefully because we're gonna we're gonna find out, okay? Um, and we may not even find out directly. We're gonna get a lot of indirect data from what kind of investigations get done, what kind of of of, uh, of where people signal them. So it's gonna be very interesting to listen to and parse what key figures like Joe Manchin, Kirsten Cinema, and others, uh, and even some of the Republicans, what they and and what House members. Pelosi stepping down, and I think it's uh, 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 Raheem or Kareem uh, Jeffries is going to take over as the as a House uh, leader for the Democrats. That's mm-hmm. clearly a statement that Obama is in charge of the of the Democratic Party now. So yeah. that the Democratic Party has moved even further into the Davos camp as opposed to the Hillary Clinton camp, which is where Pelosi comes from. And okay. so Pelosi is more of a neocon, oh, absolutely neo, right. Then then. Obama, who's a just an outright communist. Sure. Okay? And the communists and the neocons, the communists think that the neocons are cute and they're good shock troops for geo for doing geopolitical, you know, perfidity. 
yeah. um, the perpity. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just a really complicated scenario. I would just tell you that I think we're in a, a, a short lull in the, the dollar bull market. But I yep. think this next wave of dollar bull market come January 15, 2023, we're going to see an up wave in industrial commodities. Yep. yep. The dollar, gold. I don't know that Bitcoin's going to going to going to be it, it, I don't know that Bitcoin's going to not it's not going to continue to get killed as this liquidity I think Bitcoin even has the potential now to even go lower. And there's mm-hmm. a very 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 sincere you know potential here that Bitcoin could get wiped out down into the 11s or even single digits again. I don't I mean if it doesn't it doesn't. I'm just saying that I think that it's, it's a reasonable probability guess at this point given the amount of leverage that's being right pulled out of that system. And the big one is going to be, you know, how bad the yield curve inversion is on the U.S. Treasury. Yep. yep. Right? So the 10 year is now trading at an all-time inversion versus the two. The 210 spread is now down to what? Negative 70, 75 basis points. And yes. I firmly believe that the Fed's going to go to go another 75 basis points in December, if not 50. Maybe 50, mm-hmm. but either 75. The market is clearly saying stop raising rates. So anything that the yeah. Fed raises yeah. in December is not a pivot, by the way. No. Like, not a pivot. So they may only go 50. And as the, you know, as the, the, the bond traders finally get their, their heads out of their backslides and say, dude, this is, this is, you need to let the, the rate, you know, let rates run. But we're, you know, we're clearly starting to see the beginnings of a, a, a move into U.S. capital assets. Stocks, mm-hmm. bonds, equities. The Dow is going to outperform all other stock markets easily. Dow, Dow 40,000. Print, get yep. the t-shirts. I think um, I think uh, I think we pause. I think this pause at thirty four is the right. Technically, I think it's the right call at this point. As remember, we're running right up against the the highs. That the, those are uh, a recent high in the the thirty fours. We'll p- pull back from that a little bit. We'll wait. We'll bide our time. Same thing with gold. Moved right up to seventeen eighty five. Also a technical overhead resistance. Twenty two dollars on silver. Three eighty five on copper. I mean, you can see all these things on the chart. Now with oil breaking down this morning. You know, how does that continue to read? I don't know. I'm actually, but, you know, we'll see. Um, actually, if oil breaks down, like, <laughs> it's only going to fuel people to go more risk off yeah. in the short term. Right. So, yeah, like, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But that I, I think the 2023, we're, I think I'm handicapping a year of war. I'm not, don't think Ukraine is over by any long right. shot, any stretch of the imagination. I think everybody's reloading. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and, uh, you know, but at the same time, they're all going, oh my God, like we can't have an actual war. We just yeah. need to, and the real war, obviously in Ukraine <clears throat> is about the financial markets. Putin mm-hmm. is running a war of attrition while rejiggering the global South away from the West. The West is trying to punish the global South for leaving the system. I think that's the, the kind of the, the, the TLDR on all the geopolitics. Um, mm-hmm. And we're finding out at every time that the, the West tries to put pressure on the global South, the global South just gives them, you know, two fingers up. Nope. That's it. Sorry. <laughs> You're, we, exactly. You have abused your former colonies one too many times. Yep. Yeah. The broken solvent West is, uh, well, I think they're going to continue to swirl the toilet bowl of build back better for sure. And, you know, we have a way out of this if we as Americans and Canadians too, because I've, I've, I've yeah. got it very, I've got it highly placed that um, from people in the 
the high uh, the high up in the Canadian Conservative Party that the Canadian banks are just as angry with Klaus Schwab as the American banks are, and yeah. so that's why you've seen the Bank of Canada be more much more aggressive than the Bank of England in raising rates, um, and that's why the truckers that's why Trudeau had to back off on the Emergencies Act when the Canadian banks which started they started a bank run against them. The Canadian banks were like stop no, right. and the Canadian Senate which is a, nothing but a rubber stamp on Parliament for how many years? The Canadian Senate hasn't been politically uh, you know, important in Canada for like 30 years. This is the first time they ever stood up and went, nope, you're not doing that. And that was a, that that order came down from the Canadian banks, uh, all yeah. the guys on Bay Street in, in Toronto. No, yeah. that's done. So uh, Wall Street in the US, Bay Street in Canada, they're done. Uh, they're jacking out. And uh, Trudeau, and that's why Christy Friedland, uh, the... Uh, the, the Trudeau's right hand, the actual you know administrator. She's looking to to lead NATO. She wants a golden parachute. She knows she's on her way out the door. Um, Absolutely, Trudeau's going to get hung out to dry up there. So, yeah, without a doubt. It's also interesting to see what uh, U.S. media companies have been doing. I mean, recently we've had Warner Brothers literally they're going anti woke. They canned a yeah. hundred million dollar ba- uh, Batwoman, well, Batgirl. They canned two they billion back. dollars worth of content. Yep, and they are Incredible. badly. Badly, their balance sheet is terrible after post merger, yeah. and they can't yeah. two billion dollars worth of worth of bad content. And Zaslav and and, he, and he's gutted CNN. So yeah. here's a I love what that, Zaslav's doing. He came in like a butcher. Yeah, no, he did. He was brilliant. But I, yeah. I just be just before we before we leave because we only got a couple of minutes left. I want to um, I want to talk to you about BlackRock because when yeah, we right. when I watched your the the segment that you guys did with Alex Craner and Matt mm-hmm. Eric. And you went off on, started going off on BlackRock. I'm like, oh, thank God somebody else sees it. Because all I did about six months ago, dude, is I did, I'm, you know, I don't know that, this stuff that well. I just, you know, Martin Armstrong, like, you know, in, in passing said something right. about BlackRock. And I went, huh, that's interesting. So when I looked at that, I just wanted to get a quick balance sheet dive on BlackRock. And I went, BlackRock has $38 billion in shareholder equity. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's how, it. Much, how, how much are they, how much are they leveraged actually? relative <laughs> to their to their balance sheet not to their assets under management mm-hmm. and then i said well isn't that interesting because that, that you know the fed keeps raising interest rates and their property portfolio they're done uh, that gets wiped out in like 20 minutes and then yeah. i'm saying to myself and if jamie diamond is the guy behind standing behind the fed behind powell and so is goldman is. and Citigroup, right and they're looking at you know we could use a hundred billion dollars a quarter in, in in asset management fees. Don't they, what do you guys think? Yeah, think we should do that. So uh, yep. yeah, I'll have another double, and uh, let's talk about this. How are we going to split up BlackRock? If you yeah. don't think that that conversation has already happened, it's already time, happened. I, heck, I'll tell you right now. It's already happened. So I mean, so when you were talking about that and that show, I was like, oh, thank God, somebody else sees it. Oh, thank you. And you were putting a really nice color on just my initial, just doing the thing, right? So I really appreciated that. Um, that and so when you know when Matt put us in touch to, with each other, I'm like, oh yeah, I absolutely want to do this show because I yeah, wanted to sit here, and chat with you this morning. Because yeah, I'm like that, I gets it. I want to have that conversation. So yeah, absolutely, man. It, it's going to be interesting. It's all out war. It literally mm-hmm. is. It's all out war. And you know, it's it's. It, it, I mean, for those to look and to see, there's going to be a lot of opportunity. I think. I think 2023 is going to be the most amount of money made if you know where to look. It's going to be crazy, but yes. if you know where to look, holy smokes. Oh, yeah. No, holy absolutely. Smokes. 
you know, if you if if you're if even if you're a bad investor with bad risk management skills like me, you can make money in this market. You're going to be able yeah. to make money in that market. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm I'm good at telling people where to put their money. I'm terrible at actually applying my money. So <laughs> I just know okay. that I, I'm a good analyst, but not a good investor, which is why I write for a living in order to pay the bills. So. There you go. But I don't know Tom Luongo. I'm, I'm just stacking gold coins at this point because I. What else am I going to do? Hey, so. you, you, you know, like the other thing is, is that I've been in the uh, LBMA, the London Bullion Market Association, for mm-hmm. 13 years now, and uh, I deal with a major uh, supplier out of out of Asia, and the premiums are right now is, is through the roof. Inventory's thin, and this is on a, and we supply um, a lot of the uh, the the U.S. Um, um, you know, major distributors in the United States that supply all these other smaller guys like right. Dylan Gage and stuff like that. Like, you know, some major suppliers. And right now, man, the inventories are are, are running low. Our Swiss refiners right. like Auger Horse, uh, uh, yeah. Pamp, uh, Valcambi, they're going to be scuttering operations because of an energy crisis. You know, so there's going to be less metal around. It's, and, it's a good time. And, and, the, and, and the ECB and the, the European Union is virtue signaling about blocking Russian gold. Not like yeah, exactly. Uh, not like there's a whole lot of Russian gold coming out of Russia right now with the sovereign wealth fund, the central bank buys it all. But yeah, exactly. Let's you know, <laughs> not talk about it. Oh, so, it's going to be no, I, absolutely, dude. Sure. I, I I don't know about anybody else, but I, I just keep looking at it, going, you know, look, if you know, if they shut me down eventually, if they, you know, you know, whatever they they wind up doing, you know, fine. I'm just going to keep stacking, you know, quarter ounce, fifth ounce, old European fractionals. Yeah. Because you know, then you can you know, you'll be able to get enough liquidity out of your local pawn shop to buy gas and buy groceries. Right. Like that's the way I'm looking at it at this point. Like I, yeah. that's the thing that that I'm never I'm the, I don't buy one ounce coins or any anymore or anything like that. I buy buying small fractionals, whatever I can get them for, you know, and just keep you know putting them in a bag. You yeah. know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, I mean it, it seems silly to talk about it in public like this, but you know, fight me, bro. Come after my, come between my gold, my goats, and my guns, and you can get in the front door and see if you can, you can get it, you can get anything off of me. So, and my dogs. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What kind of dogs do you have? Oh, I have, um, I have guardian dogs, dude. I have, because I have goats. So I have guardian dogs. So I, so I sure. have, so you have LGDs and, and, and Anatolian guardians. shepherds, and you ain't Those getting into my yard. No, nah, Anatolians are awesome. <laughs> I like I like the I like the Anatolian's bigger cousin, the Kangles. You ever seen the yes, Kangles? Yes, No, yeah, exactly. I, I don't have a Kangle, but you know, my 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 yard dog and my therapy dog, Kamina. She's uh, three quarter Maremma, one quarter Anatolian. She's nice. she's brilliant and beautiful, and we're you know, and we'll have puppies in the spring with her. She's not too. She'll be two and a half. It'll be time because the local farmers absolutely need guardian dogs all the time. So it's all always a good thing to have them into the you know, seeding them back into the into the local economy. Absolutely. That's what, it's going to be important. Dogs, yeah. local, local, local food, local dog. I mean, that hay, all of that stuff. We're going to need it yeah. all. So, absolutely. If you need a for home protection, get yourself a nice gun and a and a Connie Corso. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I'll be honest with you. There ain't a dog. If you live rural, if you want to, if you want a protection dog, you go get yourself a Marama. You go get yourself an Anatolian. You will never sleep better. Period. No, absolutely. They work all night. They, yep. And you can't get them, and you can't distract them with a stake. You try that, and they'll just look at you like, "No, you're on the wrong side of the fence, and you need to die." You're going to die. <laughs> wolf <laughs> yeah, you're going to die. These are That's wolf it. killers. Yes, they are. Like yeah. they don't. They're like, no, I don't need a stake. I'll eat you. Like yeah. it's not hard. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Wolf kills. I love it. That's awesome. Yep. Tom, thank you so much once again, folks. You can go to his website. It's tomluongo.com. Tomluongo.com. CJ, do you have the links? 
Yeah, the link is in the description. Perfect. And uh, if you guys need to go, and again, check out his website right there. Amazing gold, goats, and guns. Amazing content. Tom is, I love his work. Highly respect him. He's just an awesome, great guy, and he's a joy to listen to. So go check him out. And with that being said, CJ, take it away.